Hi, I'm Saturday. I mean, Karen Setman. And hi, I'm I'm Tuesday. I mean, Karen Setman also. Yes, we're, and we're the, Karen the sisters next door <laughs> that shouldn't exist because siblings are outlawed. Yeah, there's there's not two of us. We are one. Yes. Heartache to heartache. We stand. Nope. Okay. Nope. We are one, though. We're we only one, one human. We're one person that's allowed to go outside because there aren't a lot of people allowed anymore. Yeah. I mean, so, guys, if you didn't guess it, we're talking about population control. Yeah. We don't want too many of us. There's too many. We want to say, hey, stop it. Too many people. Too many cooks. Yeah. Too many cooks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we've kind of touched upon it a few times, this yeah. series. Like, it seems that the idea of controlling population comes up a lot when you're talking about uh, disenfranchised populations and specifically women. Yeah, you know, just oppression as yeah. well. Just, it just was another tool. It was just really funny. Like, I was just being like, wow, all right, all of this connects. Every single thing. Oh, we talked about that last week. So I don't have to explain that again. Nope. If y'all are listening in order. If not, well, I don't know. Then go back and listen. Google <laughs> exists. But also, YouTube. We have a channel. Go to yeah. it. Podcasts. We have a podcast place. Go to it. And we're, it all connects. We're doing a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do we, <laughs> we ever are. not do we're a whole thing? Yeah, we're know. always doing a whole thing. Yeah, I think it's like, so when we embarked on our Horrors of Society episode series, I don't think we really envisioned that it would go this way. We've ch- we changed it quite a few times. There were some other yeah. topics, and we do expect to have this be an episode again in the future because it's such a it's a lengthy like series. There's so many ways in which yeah, society, society is horrifying, is terrible, and it's like I feel like we knew it was going to be bad, but I don't know if we realized how we like knew. dark it was going to be. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to not. Uh, be depressed anymore <laughs> the yeah, next I mean, series that we do it's pretty legit like it's influenced our lives mm-hmm. where we're just like <sighs> residual rage yeah yeah <laughs> just really like stressed and then like the world's falling apart too mm-hmm. in like the real world so yeah the combination of all of it has just been a, quite a situation yeah but this is our episode 99 so we're old trust as us. F. We know what we're doing. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and we've been having fun learning about things and, and you know, I think we're gonna enjoy telling you more things to be afraid of. I'd say the over the underlying thing I've found with this control and like the thread is like this control of women and children, right? And this uh-huh. idea that like our whole worth is that we can have children. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, also, they can take that away whenever they want. You have to have them when they want you to have them and you have to stop when they want you to stop. Yeah. So it doesn't even like nothing. We don't get to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) We're not safe. So stay tuned because it's uh, it's a lot of that. Hopefully Um, we'll have like less depressing times. At some After point. this. After this, yes. This ep- I do want to put a disclaimer out that there are some really, really dark things we're going to cover in this episode that are definitely not suitable for children or people who might be sensitive um, to uh, intense topics like abortion and sterilization um, in the... In, that just comes hand in hand with population control. So I wanted to make sure that that disclaimer's out there. Yeah, trigger um, to warning. Not, yeah, super trigger warning because we'll probably get a little um, detailed and we will get really sad. Yeah. Sad.
right, y'all. Today in Cat's History Corner, we're going to be joined as we always are by the wonderful Gabe. Hi. But she's going to say stuff, too. Yes. That's, like, going to make you super sad, but also educate you on some stuff if you didn't already know. Because yep. that's kind of our whole thing. Yeah, did you know America sucks? Yeah. People suck. Yeah. Like, we're mm-hmm. parasites. Well, maybe we should stop having children and then just disappear. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I've argued this point yep. before, but I don't think it we should do back it. To this. I don't think we should do it through force. Yeah, a I decision. Think, yeah, I think it should be a collective, just like ah, yeah, we all suck. Let's just yeah, everybody yeah, says give yes. A chance. Raise your hand if you want to be done now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone opts in, and okay. it's fantastic. Yeah, um, that sounds good. Today we're talking population control. Super not fun and sad topic, uh, yeah. but. I guess to start out, a question we kind of come to when we're talking about this stuff is, is this something we need to be worried about? And what I'll argue is from a government choosing what we do with our bodies and, like, manipulating us and taking away our fundamental human rights, yes. Yeah. 100%. We should be worried because it's happening. It's been happening. It's probably going to continue to happen. We've been making some positive reforms but also backslides as Mm -hmm. we... As a society tend to do. Um, but then if you're asking from, like, is overpopulation going to be the end of society? Like, we gonna, should we allow them to do that? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to make us have famine and all this other stuff now that enough food for people? Not really. Mm. Um, I honestly, like, I didn't think we should be forcing this stuff, but I did think overpopulation was going to be more of a problem than it actually looks like it's going to be based on the data. Yeah. Um, and thank God for data and facts and internet. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I learned and I feel significantly less worried about that and way more worried about the government, which is something I already was worried about, but like yeah. extra now. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> add to the fear. Yeah. As we, as two years, three years almost, we're on our way to three years. Right. Yeah, as a podcast? As a podcast. Oh, yes. We've yeah. been growing these lists of fears. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just keep them going. Um, so, yeah, a little less worried about that. Uh, but as we will talk about, it's pretty dark otherwise. So, Gabe shared this cool video with me called Overpopulation, the Human Explosion Explained. Mm. From YouTuber Kurzingtok. I said it wrong. I tried. Yeah. I practiced it a lot today. But here we are. It's later. It's in a nutshell, which, fun fact, means in a nutshell in Germany. Ah. Like German. Nice. Uh, so it makes sense that that's yeah. the title. Uh, so the video explains the development of human societies across our planet, kind of anthropology times, uh, and explains that populations across all like Homo sapien societies develop similarly when entering like this modernization period. So what post-industrial revolution mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, how does society grow? How does population grow and increase or decrease? So before you know, we reached a now time, Uh, before the Industrial Revolution, we kind of had equal deaths to the amount of births. So like we didn't grow really, especially if there was like a plague or famine or anything like that because like the weather and stuff impacted us so much more because technologically we were not as advanced. We didn't have modern medicine. We didn't have a lot of medicines in general. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of risk factors of ways that we would die. People were having significantly more babies because most babies would die and only you'd have like seven, five to seven kids and two of them would reach adulthood. Yeah. Um, so you were having significantly more kids, but like 
to even odds. Infant mortality was very high, and that's why fertility rates were high, and it okay. didn't increase the population. So what we're going to be talking about is demographic transition. It's a process of how population evolves, uh, and it has four stages. Uh, f- thankful to populationeducation.org, they got this like cool just list of what it is. Nice. Just tell you. It makes it so much easier. I don't have to like overcomplicate it. Just here's what it is. Cool. Nice. Um, the video talks about it too, but this like just tells you what's going on. So stage one, uh, it can be applied to most places in the world before the industrial revolution, where as I said, both birth and death rates are high, uh, and the population just kind of skates. Yeah. Or if something bad happens, falls. Uh, stage two, the introduction of modern medicine lowers death rates. Uh, especially among children, while birth rates remain high. Mm. So it's like, we have not realized that we are sustaining life as much because you don't know that generation to generation. So we're still having a lot of babies. We have five kids. We expected three of them to die. They didn't die. Now we have five kids and don't know what to do. Then we start to notice the impact of that because we're like, wow, five kids is a lot to maintain financially. Yeah. Okay. Oof. Maybe have less kids next time. Send them to the mines. Oh, God. I'm kidding. But many of least developed countries today are in stage two. So still, mm. the quality of life is still improved from pre-industrial revolution times, but mm-hmm. uh, is essentially we haven't really hit the stride of understanding that we are surviving longer. Mm-hmm. Um, stage three Birth rates gradually decrease, usually as a result of improved economic conditions, so quality of life, um, and an increase in women's status so that... uh, They can work. Women's rights. Yep. Emancipation. Yeah. Basically, access to contraception, uh, having to support financially the household as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So population growth continues as it will, but at a lower rate because generally you have two kids, one or two kids... At most, and that's, like, the situation. Uh, Most developing countries are at stage three. Stage four, birth and death rates are both low, uh, stabilizing the population. So we kind of plateau. We're Mm -hmm. going, woo! Now we're like, We just keep the same humans for a while. Yes. No new ones, no old, like, just same people. Yeah, we're not going crazy. We're we're even in and out. We're even in the playing field. Uh, And with higher levels of education, stronger economy, better health care, a higher proportion of working women, and a fertility... Fertility rate hovering around two children per woman. Uh, most developed countries are at stage four. Hmm. Uh, and there's a proposed stage five that um, is on the table, which would include countries where fertility rates have fallen significantly below replacement levels, so they've decreased significantly. So, for example, Japan, a lot of the young people are not having babies because mm-hmm. they're working so much, yeah. and like that's just not and their priority. Yeah, and there are... An exponential amount of older people, like elderly people, and not enough young people to support that population. Mm-hmm. Or China, in the fact that they yes. have more men than women, and so no one's a lot like around to take care of the old people. Yeah, and have babies. Yep. So uh, it cuts the population in half essentially because you are not. There's not enough people to do the babies. Yeah. Essentially, but you can take a a page out of Canada's book and let people in. Let the immigrants yeah. in, and they'll make babies. Yeah, everyone just babies now. That's yeah, fine. let's bring them. Babies, no babies. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we want. So here we are. <laughs> okay. um, so this information, if we trust and assume the accuracy, which I'll say I do, 
shows that we will pl plateau globally. We will not overpopulate to the point where we cannot sustain what's happening based on like this data. And then also the whole idea, especially with the uh, in a nutshell video goes through is that like helping other countries is a positive thing because that helps them develop quicker mm -hmm. into this like modern world. Yeah. Um, and what I will say, consent is important. Yes. America, England, Western society. Consent is important. As, yeah, and helping. If people do not want to be modernized, you should not do so by force. But history. <laughs> Have you met? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you uh, met mankind? Yeah. So basically, if we help each other, if someone on the other side of the globe is doing better, mm -hmm. that is better for us on this side of the globe. Because yeah. ultimately, carbon emissions go down, impact on the environment goes down because we're not overpopulating so much that we cannot maintain that population. Mm -hmm. And we can help with trade and like yeah. with like making food and making industry. More people means more people to help with pushing Homo sapiens as a human race yeah. further. Yeah. Uh, the problems we have though, however, are often cultural divides, religious divides. There's lots of other factors in there that are not based in the just the bare existence of humans mm -hmm. that everyone likes to cling to, that divides us further and makes us like not help each other or murder each other yeah. or force ideals down each other's throats. Or what we'll talk about is sterilize humans without permission yep. uh, or just murder a lot. I don't really... Yeah. Eh? And in the U.S., I mean, we have the... There's, we're going to talk a lot about sterilization, but also, like, commandeering, like, the choice of what women can do with their bodies. Mm -hmm. Trying to honestly force babies in a lot of instances, too, by limiting the amounts of safe abortions and contraceptive based on religious grounds or, like, yeah. this concept of objective morality that is not universal. Mm -hmm. morality is not a universal there are no universals yeah we said so, yeah um you know we have other things that influence this that muddies the waters and makes things kind of confusing uh an example of this uh we'll talk about especially in our film section but a little intro to that is the one child policy that isn't was existing in china is no mm -hmm. longer now it's two now you're allowed to have two if you are financially stable and can Complete the application to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. da da. A lot of people actually aren't having more than two kids though, because the housing cost is so high that it's yeah. not encouraging Doesn't to have more sense, than one yeah. baby. Uh, which is a whole thing because if housing is too expensive, then you're not going to have people who want to have kids in that environment. Millennials. Yeah. That's us. You got baby money? We don't have baby Mom. money. They took all our money because they said college would get us jobs, and it didn't. And now they're like, oh, why? How strange. They just want dogs and cats, not people. And it's like, um, because we can't pay for and stuff. Why don't eat at Olive Garden? It's ridiculous. I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, in China, uh, we've witnessed this through the one-child policy. Now, in explaining this policy, there's a lot of reasons this happened. And I'm going to give a little backstory before we talk about it in the film section. And I won't get too deep into, like, what the one-child policy is until we get to the film section. But this is kind of, like, why and how we got there. Uh, so it kind of came into play at the, in the founding of the People's Republic of China, which was the announcement of the end of a costly full-scale civil war between the Chinese Communist Party and the Nationalist Party. Uh, within China in 1949. So there was a big civil war following World War II that kind of had China up 
in ends, like big situation. Lots of people died, lots of people suffered through this time, and then they came out of it with the, you know, Communist Party winning. Mm-hmm. So in 1950, China was transitioning uh, kind of from the first to the second stage, maybe honestly into the third stage of the demographic transition, in that they were modernizing and trying to do so extremely quickly. Mm. So uh, they were kind of shaken by how quickly their population had grown after the close of the war, and they were trying to like manage this and while also rapidly modernizing and to keep up with demand. So they were trying to kind of follow uh, the Soviet Russia uh, in their communist ideals and how to increase production, but they didn't want to do so with uh, big technology and like machines. They wanted to do so in like an economically sound way mm. to make it cheaper and more productive, but the problem is that Russia has a lot of agricultural basing to that. They had enough food to feed their people during yeah. this time of transition where China did not. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very densely populated area, and because of that, it was very, like, dependent upon, like, good weather and not natural disasters and, like, things just going well yeah. for there to be enough food for the population that exists. And especially if it's rapidly growing, they're trying to address this issue because they don't know how to fix it. Um, and right before this kind of happened, they were pushing like contraceptive. They're trying to get like, they were kind of doing what we kind of did during that time, whereas women were starting to have autonomy and could get like reproductive health and mm-hmm. rights and stuff like that. But yeah. then once the civil war unleashed, it kind of did a backslide. Uh, so during Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward, uh, which took place in 1958, it was essentially forcing anyone who had not assimilated to communist culture to live in communes. So wherever you lived before, that didn't really so much matter. They put you into like sections and that was your commune and you were given jobs and you had to like work for that commune and make your society thrive. Um, So this event combined with a handful of natural disasters triggered the Great Famine in 1958 until 1962. It's estimated by census demographers that during the famine, 20 to 30 million people died uh, during this time from famine. But there's an article by Frank Dicketer who wrote an article in the New York Times as well as a book titled Malice Great Famine. He states in his article that the number according to his research was far worse because he went through like diary entries and like yeah because not everyone was in the census i'm sure yeah it's very important that you submit your census yes it's soon people do it um so he stated it was far worse and states that in all the records i studied it suggests that the great leap forward was responsible for at least 45 million deaths he goes on to note that between two and three million of those victims were tortured to death and or similarly executed for infractions such as not working efficiently enough within their communes, stealing food during a period of famine, uh, among other things. So, like, any kind of, like, petty crimes or, like, rising up against the new mm-hmm. regime was seen as, like, a punishable offense. And I read some really awful things in that article. Like, yeah. a man had to bury his son alive and then died of, like, heartache mm-hmm. three weeks later. So, I mean, I... Did not collect those sources. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but if you're interested, it's in the New York Times. He did write that book. Yeah. It's a, I wrote a paper about it, ironically, in ninth grade, so I had a lot of this information just in my brain. Mm. Um, 
Because history major was a fun time. It wasn't, but still, yeah. you know, learn stuff. Uh, but basically, the whole idea was to, like, improve the collective life of the Chinese people. It's like the whole communism is at the collective. You're not an individual. You are of a collection. Yeah. You're trying to improve society as a whole. But what we ended up seeing was just a significant amount of what I'd argue is creative destruction mm-hmm. and destroying the old in with the new and the new was very... Was not fully thought out. Yeah. it And they never fully kind of claimed all the victims, like mm-hmm. the responsibility. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we see later that because of this, a lot of people accepted uh, the one child policy because they saw all this death from famine, that there were so many people... 45 million people who died because there was not enough food. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the cause for that... Was all those things. But if they're in that commune, they don't know that. Yeah. They're just given the information they're given if they're told. It's because yeah. there's too many people, then, yeah, it's very easy to believe. Yeah. And it's, it's like they were just having a really bad luck year, natural disasters and what have you. But the combination mm-hmm. of all of it was just a really bad time, and a lot of people died. Um But for anyone who's like, oh, boo, China, bad, bad China, China's bad. Sounds like America. Absolutely not. Because the following, we are so equally guilty of population control, manipulating and controlling women in our country and forcibly sterilizing women here, forcing Mm -hmm. people to not have abortion, like both ways. We're doing it both ways. It's a whole terrible time. What are rights? I don't know. So <laughs> I got a lot of this information from ourbodiesourselves.org. Uh, I, Gabe, I believe you also got some of yours from it, but... Nope. No, oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> well, just kidding. Yeah. Separate sources, but s- similar information. So yeah. I'm going to talk about just an intro, and then Gabe's going to cover specifically Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as early as 1907, the United States has in- had instituted a public policy that gave the government the right to sterilize unwilling and unwitting people. So some states notably, including North Carolina, set up eugenics boards. Sounds great. Yep, in 1907. Yep, in the early 20th century, these boards reviewed petitions from government and private agencies to impose sterilization on poor, unwed, and or and or mentally disabled women, children, and men. So North Carolina alone sterilized over 7,600 individuals between 1930 and 1970. In North Carolina, a state noted for its discriminatory sterilization practices in the 20th century, 65% of sterilization procedures were performed on black women, even though only 25% of the state's female population was black. There are also hundreds of thousands of cases where the government threatened women with losing federal benefits if they did not undergo sterilization. And to just throw more salt on the wound, as many as 25% of Native American women between the ages of 15 and 44 years old were sterilized by the 1970s without consent. Oftentimes they'd go in for other medical procedures and they would sterilize them during those medical procedures. Yeah, because they they didn't have to ask. actually and it's even further exacerbated if you have people who do not speak english and so you use that as an excuse so let's dive into that uh so i'm gonna start off my section with a really sad depressing and incredibly angering statement yes between the 1930s and the 1970s approximately one third of the female population of puerto rico was sterilized 
making so it the highest rate of sterilization in the world. In the world. Yeah. The U.S. did this, and no one talked about it. It they is just not do brought awful up. things to Puerto Rico all the time. <laughs> yeah, still suffering. Just a lot of people still do not have power. Um, essentially, the the government, the U.S. government, was afraid of overpopulation in Puerto Rico, um, due to it being a poor country as well. They were able to get a lot, away with a lot more. Also, because of the eugenics boards, it was also seen that they were unfit or like not the prime example of who should be having children like these are poor people of color and so they were using this to um doing that so they were hoping similarly to china to create a more uh, modern and economically stable uh country and so they thought well we'll just you know stabilize uh puerto rico first so they instituted an intense sterilization program and uh when a new, not yet tested contraception pill um, with 10 times the amount of hormones needed was like starting to like go through trials, and this is like quotation trials, uh, women, uh, Puerto Rican women jumped on it and had no idea that they were the first people to even try it. Yeah. They had no idea. And this was because, uh, so, uh, the 10 times the amount of hormones can lead to uh, heart failure, and three women even died, um, but it was never investigated, because yeah. why? Um, so these women took this pill because they were trying to avoid being sterilized so that they continued to work, um, and because they had no idea that there were side effects. Yeah. And so according to Sex Explained, which is a great um, show on Netflix, yeah. um, they have an episode on birth control. And there's a part where they talk about um, the women in Puerto Rico in this documentary uh, that covers this experiment, essentially. So uh, a lot of them didn't even know that they were being used in the experiments until the documentary filmmaker showed up and was like, let me interview you about what's happening to you. And they were like, did you know that you were guinea pigs? And they were like, no. Like, they couldn't speak English, and so they didn't even know. Uh, so a program that was endorsed by the U.S. government began sending health department officials to rural parts of the island advocating for sterilization. And by 1946, postpartum sterilizations happened frequently. So essentially women would go in, have a child, and be sterilized immediately after that and have no idea because it was all at the same time. Yeah. It was like you had your one, you're out. It was... Horrific. So um, a lot of them didn't know that that was happening. Some of them were tricked into um, believing that it was a reversible decision because they were using euphemisms like getting your tubes tied. Yeah. Which is not correct. That's not, not what sterilization, sterilization is. So they had no idea. Or they were really young. Some of these women were under 20 who were told, like, to do it, had no idea, were getting told false information, and so would do it. And then later... Um, regret it so it's yeah. the most so it was a decision but not really because no one had all of the um information so similar to how we talked last week with romania right uh they had the problem of women going into the workforce so there was less children uh-huh. america wanted puerto rico to have that problem <laughs> essentially they wanted more women to work and them to be making less children yeah. so they figured uh to kind of help with their workforce they would uh give women less reasons to be having to stay home. Okay. And the way to do that would be to sterilize them. 
because now they can't have any children, right? So it, it's essentially that uh, the prevailing wisdom was that the denial of motherhood was a more effective means of incorporating women into the workforce than um, being able to afford children. One of the reasons why these women um, were influenced to do it, well, yeah. well, one is because they didn't get all the details, right? Um, they didn't speak English, so they didn't get all the details. But also it was, it was told to them that it was the best form of birth control, right? Because yeah. it was quick, it was accessible. Um, it, you only needed it one time, and it was free. Because they started just sending them out there for free, and they were like, we'll just sterilize you, and then it's done. And then you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you can go and work and make something for yourself. Quotes, oh, my gosh. Right? So it was like, the, and, and it's hard also to argue when the alternatives at the time were these really toxic um, and untested alternatives with birth control. So, yeah. like, as you can see in the Sex Explained documentary um, short, that they talk about all the ways that, like, pre-birth control and contraceptives were really toxic and would sometimes lead to, you know, hysterectomies or other things because they weren't proper yeah, <laughs> like in any way but women needed it right um and if you think the assault to latinx women ends in puerto rico you'd be surprised or not surprised if you're a listener of ours. <laughs> I don't think uh, surprised. in california the mexican-american women were forcibly sterilized after giving birth as well so in similar circumstances went in to have a child came out not able to have any more. So the film No Mas Bebes tells the story of these events taking place in Los Angeles during the 1960s and 1970s. So, so um, this is taken from uh, an article from the University of Pittsburgh called The Dark History of Forced Sterilization of Latina Women. And it says that the case of Madrigal versus uh, Cooligan was a federal class action lawsuit in which these women fought back after being sterilized without informed consent or under duress. Dolora, Dolores Madrigal, one of the 10 plaintiffs in the case, was told her sterilization could be easily reversed. Avina Hernandez, who did not find out that she had been sterilized until years after her son was born, uh, also was told this. At the end of the trial in 1978, the judge ruled that neither of the charges were true, citing misunderstandings due to the fact that the women primarily spoke Spanish. Uh, the judge blamed their distress for the procedure on cultural background that made these women believe that their worth was in their ability to have children. So it was like, it's your problem that you have a problem with the fact that we sterilized you without your knowing. Because of your culture, Jesus is what that judge said. Uh, another cause of the decision was that voluntary... I don't know why that, I made that face. I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Another cause of the decision was that voluntary informed consent was not a legal requirement until 1974. And, after the, so case, and that's after the case had been decided. Uh, at the time of the procedures, there was no serious legal objections to asking women to consent to an irreversible procedure while she was in the middle of labor. <laughs> you just let, oh you know, my god little, there's just a little thing in there uh so yeah thanks to uh university of pittsburgh um who wrote that but also stanford university had an article uh titled forced sterilization in puerto rico who had amazing details about it uh and really uh covered the whole thing but i just want i did not want to gloss over the fact that the sterilization of these latino women was brought by a superintendent of the U.S. Eugenics Board, <laughs> or record <sighs> office. Uh, his name was Harry Laughlin, and Laughlin used a model eugenical sterilization law to implement the mandatory sterilization of the socially inadequate in 30 U.S. states and Puerto Rico. 
So this was during that time when they decided certain people, and it just so happens um, some of them were vulnerable populations of um, people who are, you know, uh, neurodivergent uh, or differently abled, but also a lot of colored people or like, you know, people who were from different cultures that weren't deemed the American standard. So, so gross. there's your fun history corner from Gaten Cash. Yeah. Uh, we watch some things. Yeah. We do. We do that. We watch one that was 99 fun. times we've done that. Yeah. 99 times. That's Have you crazy. been listening for 99 times? Look at you. Look at you. You failed. What are you doing? Do you have anything better to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, for the 99th time, we're going to talk about films or a media source. Yeah. Because we've talked about other things. We're not always talking about films. Anyway, one was for fun. And one was for serious because for this super serious. topic is super serious. But there wasn't, um, to my surprise, there was not a lot of films to do with population control and not enough horror, but at the very least, there wasn't any horror, yeah. uh, which is really nuts considering, one, how horrific this topic is, but yeah. also um, because it is super real and it's happened all over the globe. So yeah. it's like... To certain varying degrees. There has been control of women's bodies Mm -hmm. um, and whether or not they could have kids or can't have kids. And, like, the murdering or, like, the punishing for murdering kids. Like, there's a whole lot, right? Yeah. Um, And so that seemed really weird that there's just this hole where there could be media about that. I feel like they just want to keep it hush-hush. It's very bizarre, because that's not usually how media works. If 99 episodes have told me anything, you can usually usually find something, something, right? Uh, So we did find something, but it wasn't until 2017, and this is something that uh, is not known as a great film. Like, it was fun, but it definitely doesn't get a lot of accolades, because it's just fun. It's just a sci-fi yeah, spooky time. Like, yeah, but like just not action. horror by mm-hmm. any means. Yeah. So Horrific. what we're talking about is what happened to Monday. And if you are watching us on YouTube, you will see that we are portraying two characters yep. from this film. Tuesday. Saturday. So uh, what is this film? So it's created by Tommy Ricola. And uh, it is in a world where families are allowed... Wait. In a world where families are allowed only one child due to overpopulation, resourceful identical septuplets must avoid governmental execution and dangerous infighting while investigating the disappearance of one of their own. Hint, it's Monday. She goes, what happened to her? Yeah, what? What happened to her? Uh, So the way that this film starts is it says, in the last 50 years, we've doubled our population, tripled the amount of food and water we use, and have quadrupled the use of fossil fuels. Um, Every four days, there's a million more people on the planet. Jesus. and because of this lack of food, it spurs them doing like some genetically modified their food, and that caused there to be high fertility rates in which women were having, like, a bunch of kids at once. Septuplets. So it did not help. <laughs> it opposite of helped. Um, it made their problem worse, which is just kind of how that works. Uh, so now the, solu- the solution is feeding the problem. The solution is feeding the probs. <laughs> so oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. 99. Uh, so, this is not the best. Uh, it is just a fun sci-fi romp yeah. with 
huge oversaturation, like AN flux uh, action. There's like a cool jump and she does the like jump over the to the other roof. Gets shot in and the then air. It's like, that was so cool. That was that really was cool. A cool shot. It was also really emotional because you were like, she worked so hard. If any yeah. of the any of these siblings deserved to live, it was her. Yeah. It was, it was uh, super rude. Which one was that? Wednesday. Wednesday? You know. So essentially the story is there's seven siblings. Yeah. They uh, cannot exist at the same time, like out in the real world, because you're only allowed to have one kid. And luckily, there are seven days of the week. And there's seven of them, and so. they all look the same uh, and have to keep up appearances and be Karen Setman, which is yep. what we referred to in the beginning of this episode. Uh, and so they all go through that to the point of like when one of them loses a finger or part of their finger when they're young, they yep. all had to. Yeah. Because they all still look the same. Willem Dafoe is their grandfather, and he's the one who does this. Yep. Uh, and so they all are named after different days of the week, hence Saturday and Tuesday. Yep. Uh, and that's they when they to, get to go outside. They get to go outside during that. And they can't be themselves outside. They don't get their own lives. They have to be Karen Setman. So yeah. it's a joint life. And their life is only what is in the attic. Yep. So I don't have a lot to say about this film. It is fun. But I want to point out just some things yeah. uh, that I'm sure you're all thinking. If you watch it. But the seven sisters are made to hide in the attic. That efficiently, uh, they efficiently hide in there so that one of them is out if there's a knock or they have surveillance uh, cameras. And if someone is approaching them, they all hide. Yeah. In the attic. And there's little, like, this little behind a bookshelf. Yeah. Behind a bookshelf. So does that sound familiar? It does to me. Mayhaps like a young Jewish girl who wrote about her life in her journal? Yep. Yeah. It couldn't be uh, just because the the government didn't want her to exist. Yep. It's right. Yeah. It's not hard. As a fun (laughs) aside that'll be very brief, I read my favorite adult or child fiction sci-fi time was Among the Hidden by Margaret Peterson Haddix and it was about third children where you couldn't have more than two mm-hmm. and then like what they did to third children and most of it was hiding. Yeah. Similarly to what you just said what and then doing. also yeah. Uh, yeah and they would like make you go to like work on farms if they found you or kill you. Yeah. So fun. Well that's honestly a children little book. Of going to work on farms <laughs> sounds better than what happens to these children because yes. spoilers they kill the children yeah. they kill the extras uh the siblings so there is no better tomorrow so uh as sci-fi and duh of a moment it is <laughs> when it's revealed that's it's like a cryogenic 100%. freezing process wherein uh which we could save our siblings and or children for a day when the world could sustain us all was in fact a big fat lie yeah i feel we like saw that coming yeah uh, which is fine, because that's not the point. Just anyway, sci-fi times. What they really do is they vaporize the children in this really crazy, not cryogenic freezer, really horrifically. Yeah, and fire. no one talks about these employees who just do it. They just did it. Like, the employees were like... I feel like you're telling me... Yeah, all right, continue. I'm going to let you say it. So, uh, yeah, we should really talk about them. Uh, so it's reminiscent yet again of the Holocaust. Yep. People killing children in horrific ways, and no one's talking about it. Um, so there it is again. Uh, people suck. But also, it's reminiscent of other actual history in which nine-month-old babies who were born full human 
are call are killed and they call it an abortion. Yeah, that was like very cringy through the yeah, whole the documentary. Next documentary that we're gonna talk about. So it's like that's um, not an abor- that's a whole child. Yeah. So I mean, it seems like crazy, absurd science fiction because it's like it's kind of hokey at the time. You're like, yeah. yeah, of course you saw that, but when you put your media analysis glasses on and you look at it, you're like, oh right, history exists. This is, and this has already happened before. So it's not really that far fetched. Um, there's something great that Sci-Fi brought up in their article called Not Guilty, What Happened to Monday, because they have a series of, like, uh, films that they say they should not feel guilty for loving. Okay. So uh, they bring up that this is a future that does, in fact, focus on women, which is rare. Like, uh-huh. unless you're talking about something like uh, Octavia Butler or some of the other sci-fi, like N.K. Jemison, uh, it's oftentimes that the protagonists of sci-fi is male focused and even when there's women in the forefront it is not about them it's about other things their son yeah Sarah <laughs> yeah Sarah uh or it's just like they're fighting like the a bigger like a different problem yeah right and not a woman-centric problem uh so they brought that up but they also brought up this so i'm going to quote them it says there is meanwhile the entire valid complaint that when warnings of a government potentially sterilizing women are brought up in science fiction and the emphasis is on white women and neglects black and native women in the united states and puerto rican uh or latin latin women uh in the united states that have been forced to undergo what is termed compulsory sterilization other communities affected by the eugenics-based concept include intersex and transgender people who have often been forced through the process in countries across the world meanwhile disabled people are almost unfairly unfailingly the subject of extreme hatred and cruelty and eugenics-based ideologies and sterilization has thus been a constant threat. It is important to note that what is considered a dystopian future for white women is a historical fact for many marginalized communities. So thank you, Sci-Fi, for being real. (laughs) Right? Like, one, it's a win that we have a film about women. Uh, in sci-fi, and it's, like, a woman-centric problem. But it is, like, par for course that it would be white women-centric, because that's generally how history even works, uh, is that it comes in waves and levels, and it always starts with the white women first. That's how voting happens. Uh, Like, they got it, and then later um, Asian Americans got it, then black women, and then Native Americans got it. And we don't even talk about Latin people. Uh, So uh, good on them. Thank you. Um, but we watched something else. We did. We watched One Child Nation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a time. Yeah. So it's, it's very stressful. Um, it's from 2019, and it's created by Nanfu Wong and Lin Zhang. Yes. Uh, after becoming a mother, a filmmaker uncovers the untold history of China's one-child policy and the generations of parents and children forever shaped by this social experiment. So, uh, interesting to be called social experiment, because uh, like you said, it was, it was this fake, not fake problem, it was like one small portion of the problem yeah. of uh, not just overpopulation, but not being able to feed their people um, that they were putting it. But what I found really interesting, so this is a documentary that kind of goes through, um, the different people affected by this. So we have current yeah. mothers. We have um, p- 
people who, like the nurses and doctors who were performing yeah. uh, these abortions and sterilizations. You have families who had to give up their children or put their children out because they couldn't have them. Uh-huh. Uh, generally, the girls. Um, you had people who were adopted or people whose families were adopted and people who were arrested for human trafficking because they were picking up kids that were being disposed of and then selling them to the orphanages who would then sell them to America for a steep price. So there's a lot of levels to it. A lot of it. It's a really great documentary. It really covers a lot. Something I found interesting in my dive into research of it was that in, so it was like the top 15 documentaries. Um, in 2019 and in China they released top 14 because they took it out so that people didn't know it existed and uh Wong who who made it she um was talking to people on like an app for uh in China and another like documentarian friend brought up that there are several documentaries about like different um wars and different like (laughs) telling stories and shining a light on some of the problems that also conveniently do not show up in china so this is something that like we can see and it it's awful because like we're i mean it's awful for us to like i mean it's good for us to see because it's an awful thing that happened. Yeah. But the population that should see it and should learn from it do not get to see it. And yeah. instead, it's just America being like, shame on China well, we've been, when we've we're been doing, doing the it. Same exact thing. Uh, so, yeah. There's, well, not the same exact, but basically same exact. Yeah. You know, I don't um, like Universal still uses it. Yeah. I'll stop myself. <laughs> yeah. They, so, um, in this film, we, we see all these different things. One of the, the really impactful stories was uh, a woman who was the one who was forced to give these sterilizations yeah um and she would also do abortions and honestly it was murder because she said sometimes she would induce a live child and have to kill it so again i told you disclaimer that is trigger warning yeah um but now she only helps people and helps um, families conceive so that she can kind of work um, to kind of right the wrong. And it wasn't, she couldn't do anything about it. It wasn't a choice. She didn't think it was right, um, but she had no choice. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you think about what they were experiencing beforehand, that any act of insubordination resulted in really gruesome death or loss of family members, like they they instilled a sense of you need to do what is asked of you Mm -hmm. or you will experience negative consequences. And like under the guise that there's a little bit more openness, but people felt that they had no other choice and they would not have done it if they thought they had any other kind of choice. Yeah. And I mean, it all comes back to this whole method of control, Mm -hmm. having this sense of we have the power of the situation like it's all a method of control yeah and they're uh what i found really fascinating and i know you did as well is the the use of propaganda Mm -hmm. so effectively and that it's just like the the way that they rewrite these awful like laws and like decrees and just posting it all throughout like their lives and just being like the way they spin it was just yeah. like, you know, this is for our country. Like, you're doing it for the country. Like, it is your, uh, like, 
your obligation to your country to only have one child and if you have more like you you need to get sterilized right like um that you're doing an injustice to your people um and that we are working for a better world and we will have one and now with this two two children it's like now we have enough space for them so now everyone can have two but we're all being cautious like and it's this whole thing of like congrats we did it like we went through all that and now we can have two like just this continual spin of it um, but it's very similar into the way that, like, there were um, sterilizations in America in that uh, it was, like, you would have a child and then they would force it on you. And if you tried to run away, like, to a different village, they would find you and they would force you. Yeah. And so women tried to scream and then it, it just became commonplace that it was, like, women screaming in the streets trying not to have that happen to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, brutal things happening. It becomes we're frogs in water. It becomes commonplace. And it all... Also, if you think of, like, Chinese culture, it's very family-centered. It's a collective in mm-hmm. and of itself. You have a duty to your family and your role in your family that is, like, a part of who they are, their culture. And yeah. then you add in the societal collection of, like, this is our country. We have a duty to our country. Yeah. We must do what we need to do for the well-being of everybody. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't think that, you know this is a sacrifice that will help people. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a sense of duty and purpose behind it. It's You think you're doing what is necessary, even if it is horrific, Mm -hmm. to help other people. Yeah. And you kind of, like, desensitize yourself to it as well. Like, there were people who, if they had a daughter, would just put her in a basket and put her out, and then they would die. And it was, like, everyone just, like... They were suffering and they were hurt from it, but you just had to, like, forget it. And you had to rationalize it yeah. with, like, alongside the rest of your community. Like, no one was judging anybody else for it. It yeah. was expected of you to do that. Like, if anything, yeah. you were, like, a hero. To, not a hero, but they were, like, good on you to do that. And uh, specifically, women were often, or children, like, girl, girls were often the ones who were put out um, because China is a very traditional country. And so they saw it as like the male will carry on the family name. Yeah. So essentially when women would get married there, they would be like adopted into the husband's family and tasked with taking care of his, like her in-laws. Yeah. Uh, But then they would not be carrying on the family that they were born from's name. So only men could do that. Men were the one who took care of the parents. Yeah. And it was like their job to do so within their culture. So they wanted more men. Not because they thought women were horrible, but because they wanted to be taken care of when Mm -hmm. they got old. But now we have the problem that there are, are significantly more men than women in China. And, and it's, it's, really dramatic there's a really great 30 million right i yeah i think that's like the yeah um there's a great piece by john oliver um where he goes in depth and and also in his humorous way of like talking about it but highlights a lot of those issues in that like there's some some of those things you just don't plan that far ahead of like you don't think about it like because they just instituted one child they never said it has to be male right like it just happens that that is the culture and the tradition of this community uh that happened <laughs> to like influence yeah. it like you don't think about that when you're just trying to like fix the one problem yeah there was no law that said girls could not exist yeah. it's just a 
possible. It's just a part of how it went down. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I think another thing that was interesting, and it also ties back to previous episodes we've done, is the idea behind um, the... Uh, the adoptions here in America. Uh-huh. So the fact that, like, Americans would pay, like, a, a good amount of money to get these children because they were unwanted, and it kind of gives you that hero complex of, like, ooh, we saved our kids. Um, yeah. But not also not getting the full picture and not being told that these kids were probably taken from their homes, um, which is the case in this documentary, uh, yeah. or that the fact that they were abandoned not because these families did not want them, but because they could not have them, which is different, right? And even yeah. still, like, you know, adoption and stopped it. But it reminded me of the whole um, how expensive it is to have a surrogate here in America versus in Cambodia. Yeah. Right? So it's like when we have these other countries that have like less strict laws or have different laws and taking advantage of that here in America and that's why like like we look down on, you know, uh, immigration or like having Syrian refugees but we can take children out of other countries because it's cheaper or we can have our babies in other countries because it's cheaper like it's always on their terms and it's absurd um so another so john oliver brings up uh, a really great point because you know you always have those people who are like pick a side like are you pro-life or pro-choice like you can't be mad about abortions you want them right no so he says (laughs) it's very easy to be both pro-choice and anti-forced abortion in the same way that you can be pro-drinking fountain and anti-waterboarding. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, what's I think the most messed up part is that they're just having this... When you have the idea that people are being adopted from there with this guise of, it's because they didn't love you, they abandoned you. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for us. Yeah. It's like, yes, they were abandoned, but it wasn't because they didn't love you or Mm because they didn't want you. It's literally, as you said, they can't have you, and they had to. Yeah. Every single person in that film said there was no other choice. Yeah. And that if there was a different way to be. Mm Mm-hmm. They would be. Yeah. I mean, they did regret it because they have to cope with it. They have to accept that that's what the reality is. I mean, the human mind is very resilient. It will cope in the ways that it needs to, to not shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that like, if they were told, oh yeah, you can have that kid more times than not, they would have. I mean, yeah. it's, they did not have a choice. So. Yeah. And I think one of the, so in an interview with Wong from, uh, who created the documentary, she really brings up, an important part in that like like you said we can be like boo china like you did it but this isn't just a china issue right this is you know a a global issue and it's it stems from the two episodes that we just did on the impression of women and like the also on classism as well it's about control and it's about um forcing the hands of these vulnerable populations or populations that people see as lesser. So she says, I think our film shows what would happen if a government takes away the choice from women or from any individual. But a government trying to control women's reproductive rights is not only happening in China, it's happening in many countries, including the U.S. There's always a different form by limiting the access to reproductive rights, uh, limiting the access to abortion, and they both are trying to control women and take away their choices. Yeah. So it's either you're forced to do it or you're forced to do something else. Um, and at the end of the day, it's not your choice. Yeah, it's it's just really stressful for one, but that it's, ugh, mm-hmm. it's gross. And that it's happening all the time. And that the only reason 
there is no reason. Like, they're giving a reason that is not sound in logic or, like, any concrete proof yeah. or evidence. It's all, eh, let's do that. Maybe this will fix all the problems. Yeah. And it's usually just a really gross way to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, feelings. Yeah, is that feelings? If you like it, it's yes. mi cuerpo, mi elección. Because it's my body, my choice. Uh, and if you don't like it, it's hands off my body. Government. Yeah. Both of it's get off of us now. Yeah. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Well, you have a right to choose and make a decision. So It's better for the world. Like, yeah. There's literally so much science that suggests it is better mm -hmm. if women have the rights and choices to their own lives and bodies. Yeah. It helps you. It helps the universe. It helps the world. It helps us function and stay alive. We don't need all these babies, but if we want a baby, we should be able to say yes to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt anybody. Let us have decisions. And let women work, right? Let women work if they want to work. Let women stay home if they want to stay home and let them choose to have children. And the other thing is, like, with science is that the this fear of population um, being a problem, like, overpopulation, is also unfounded. Like, that, yeah, that is not you let very viable. people choose mm -hmm. what they're going to do. You meddle. That's when you muck up the waters. That's yeah. when you muck it up, and then you're making it all ruined, and then you're wondering, why why that happen? <laughs> what? what? Uh, yeah. And it's like, you, you're the reason. Yeah. Government, chill, mm, out. Yeah. Well, it's just like what happened to Monday, in yeah. that they tried to solve this problem, they dabbled in it, and they ended up with a worse problem, because that's what happens. Like, just stop messing around. Let us do it. We will figure it out. Humans will make it work. And, yeah. again, eat sustainably. You know, have a meatless Monday, then you're helping with with the cultural problem as well, the mm -hmm. agricultural problem of trying to feed all the people that we have. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways uh, that don't involve you controlling what women are doing with their bodies. There's ample opportunities so to not touch us and just figure it out. There's so many things. I don't know. Maybe give up, you know, your natural gases. You know what's so real? <laughs> maybe no more fracking. I don't know. God, if they ever, if we ever do go back, mm -hmm. we're so getting taken out. Oh, yeah. We we're too opinionated. It. No, but they have all this evidence to demonize us because we have all these we're going smart to the words on the internet and yeah. in the world and we're telling people stuff and they're going to not like it. So we're doomed. We're going to the colonies. It's fine. We're going out swinging and we hope that you come with us because... You know, they're... From here to the college, I die within the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Nothing works already. Yes. I haven't even gone there yet. But we can, you know, we can make a change. And the only way to do that is to remember history and know that America isn't exempt from those things. Like, we I can't shame means. other countries and shame other places without, you know, looking at our own country and seeing what we've done. And it's yeah. awful. The it's worst so sterilization in the history of, of the, the world, world was because of America. So, there you go. Um, and from my people. And so, guys, as I a Boricua, it's happening. If you're looking outside, you're wondering why life is so stressful now, and you're seeing people, like, help each other, and that's a positive thing. We need to educate ourselves. Like, a lot of us just aren't aware. Mm -hmm. And it's through just the world allowing us to be ignorant, the world not providing us with the information we need to educate ourselves. But mm -hmm. then we're lucky in our space here that the internet does exist and 
pretty openly and freely currently in its current form. So you have the ability to better yourself. If you, like, it doesn't make you a horrible person if you don't know. You need to, but it does make you a horrible person if you just continue to not know on purpose and you never try to fix all of the ignorance. Like, you need to educate yourself to what's happening in the world. Yeah, I would say, um, and then as far as the uh, um, films, uh, definitely watch them. Both of them yeah, are they're great. Both, they're, uh, they're both Mi Cuerpo, Mi Elección. In that, yeah. uh, uh, what happened on Monday is on Netflix and it's super fun. It's yeah. a good, like, it's a quick watch. And it, it is really, like, engaging because it's very action-y. Yeah. Just I mean, like, you ah, know ah, what's ah, going to ah, happen ah. at the end. It's fine. But you knew that even without us telling you. You yeah. really knew. The first um, five minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, I bet you. And I definitely recommend One Child Nation, which is on the evil uh, website of Amazon. But you can stream it there. And uh, you should only in that, like, it supports documentary filmmakers and this message getting out that unfortunately isn't getting out to the people it should um but yeah i highly recommend um but that concludes our horrors of society episode in our 99th episode yeah we're almost 100 it's crazy happening it's gonna be fun we are gonna have fun for a little bit before we get serious again because you know we're gonna get serious again yeah we need to have the will to continue yeah we need to take a big gulp of fresh air if it exists and then come back and then do it again because otherwise we'd just be really sad and this wouldn't be a fun time at all yeah. you just tune in and be like wow ah stress i'm already stressed life's hard yeah. man and well, i had to go here and listen to it be more hard yeah we're gonna we're gonna take a break for a little bit but yeah. i hope you if you can't even get through this whole thing pause go listen to something more fun yeah. that we're doing later and then come back and yeah. finish it. You know? And also if there's other um, aspects of society that you find horrific that you'd love for us to cover in the future. Yeah, we're by no means done. We're, we're going to revisit it, but we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you uh, email us at theghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and that's ghouls, G-H-O-U-L-S. And yeah. also anywhere on social media you can find us, and we are always eager to talk to you all. And yeah. so we're super excited about and number we're... 100. So we'll be there, and you will be there, um, and we're excited to celebrate. Yeah, we're not going anywhere either. Ghouls are old. We're going to continue to be older. Mm-hmm. Older, faster, stronger, whatever. I don't know, but we're doing yeah. it. And maybe we'll have kids. Maybe we won't. And it's maybe not our business. We'll be all up in here. They'll be like, in the microphone, be like, my name's whatever my kid's name would be. And <laughs> Mine's other kid name. And we're, we're the, the children next door. They had us. And we're gonna. We're dads, but eat us. I don't know. <laughs> well, they said don't get married, but I don't, but they did it. I don't want dad to eat me. Yeah. But I love my mom and my dad now. Yeah. I'm a kid. Okay. Eee. Good job. Yep. Well, you're welcome. Uh, that was awful. <laughs> don't get married. Don't eat your kids. Yeah, if they let you have them. <laughs>